Gold Festival. Um, and it's okay. mostly, I think, focusing on intergenerational dance projects or research or practice or groups. Mm. So pretty interesting. Lots of cool people talking about stuff that they're doing uh, about either heritage or legacy, which I am yeah. interested in both of those things because I think they're um, so tangled and I think quite often they can get presented as very simple things when they are never simple things. Yeah. And um, often the simplified version is what gets perpetuated because it's easiest to perpetuate but it is not the most rich or the most useful or beneficial or positive Mm. but I don't really yeah so I just spoke about how I don't know the answer to any of those things but I'm dancing in amongst all of those things knowing that my body and the movement that it wants to do is also entirely um, caught up in the world of legacy and heritage and identity yeah so it's cool yeah. It's it's tricky. Like I think those kind of discourse is interesting because it's so um there's a there's a level in which a lot of those things are quite intrinsic and you know like intrinsically apart. Like like yeah, that it's in your body. It's not I was just having this chat with my friend at brunch just now about like, you know, clearly because she's struggling to make work, um and for a while now and but, like, yeah, she keeps sitting with it in a way that's in her head. And I'm like, but you're a mover. Like, and she is. And so it's like, you just need to, like, suck it up and book a room and get in a space and it's in your body. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so stuff like that. It's interesting yeah. to me about what is in one's body, especially in Australia when we've had this um, history of assimilation that would encourage mm. you to disconnect from what you had come from but now a generation later or two generations later um people are rediscovering or discovering for the first time that they have a genetic heritage that has not been reflected in the way that they have been culturally raised um and then it's interesting to me whether it is possible that somebody say whose grandparents were from malta has that but their grandparents assimilated into 1930s Australia whether any of that is still yeah. in their bodies whether anything is actually intrinsic or whether all of it is I mean it's the nature nurture discussion mm. all over mm. again mm. but I do agree with you on some level that the the working in your mind is it is seductive when you're working in that way to try and come up with some kind of watertight argument-based approach to understanding something, whereas working with uh, something external to the mind, whether it's uh, some kind of craft, but something where you do something and then you step back and look at the thing that you've done, that somehow can be um, more open to let the thing become what it needs to become because it gets to exist outside of rationalizing the thing before it's had a chance to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also, I, I guess, you know, on, on another level, it's just, yeah, like some things are hard to talk about even, even after because 
they are intrinsically a physical language. Yeah, or, or they're, they're yeah. talked about, but the talking about them is never the thing. The talking no, about exactly. them is a description yeah. of or a reduction of. or. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, look at all that cool. small talk that we jumped into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... but um, I'm really curious. I mean, I, yeah, well, to begin with, how, how does it work, how you want to start? But I'm also just really curious about you. Like, I don't know you very well. And um, in a short span of a couple of weeks, suddenly I feel like I've been so, like, you know, involved with you in a creative way and uh, and very intelligently creative way, which is very exciting. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, oh, who are you? Like, how did you get to those spaces? Um, yeah, like. Yeah, so maybe uh, a bit about yourself, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse uh, podcast. Yeah. Recording, no. Yeah, we can do both. It can be both forward and backwards. Uh, yeah. I'm also happy for you to just like start recording from here. I don't know. Great. What, what's best let's for do you. that. Let's do that and yeah. then let's see how it goes. Because we're so good at talking <laughs> anyway. It's like, wow. <laughs> um, I don't um i'm super aware that any story that i tell you is one that i've invented that one that i've made up to to understand what it is that i'm doing and how they uh, are connected um i think the story as far as it goes at the moment is that there are interests that i have and one of my one of my um What's the word? I, almost addictions is that, mm. that hit that you get when you think in a way that you have not yet thought before or that you uh, realise that you thought something was a dichotomy and actually it is a gradient and that there is more than two players in the game or more than two options to think about. And I think most of what I do is like the being in the moment of wonderment when that happens or or searching for how to facilitate making that happen for myself or fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically just... Uh, I mean, it's another reason why I love the internet because the base premise of the internet is that things are hyperlinked together, not in a hierarchical fashion, but in a... Mm. In a a fashion of wonder and intrigue and curiosity and um, hopelessness and despair and chaos. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yep. Uh, I don't know how useful that is to what I'm... I mean, mainly I'm interested when I podcast, I'm interested in finding out what somebody is doing or what they think that that thing that they're doing is doing and then mm-hmm. how they're doing it and then why. Mm. Okay. Um, so I guess that's kind of what I just answered for you from my point of view is that what I think I'm doing is taking responsibility for my own wonderment. Yeah. And hope. Yeah. yeah. And what brought you to Brisbane, to Metro, like to do Yum Lab? And then what brought you to Water Features? Like, why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did you end up in those spaces? This is a good, this is good. I like this little journey that we're building, this construct. <laughs> um, I was speaking with Kate Usher about uh, 
my about growing up in Darwin. Yeah. And that it And you know Kate. Really. I I don't really know Kate. I've right. spoken to her about a few other things, but I'm practiced both of my parents ran it still runs small businesses and so growing up I was I got forced into against my desire the skill set of conversing on the phone with people that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so even when I remember being like nine or twelve or something and having to answer the phone and play through that script of um sounding professional and saying mm. that somebody's not available and taking a message for them and having to answer with the company name and things like this. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think I was just talking with Kate and as I don't know, it happens quite often that you're working through ideas for yourself and you haven't yet got to the point with resources where you yes. can start working with a team or with the team that you want. And then actually anybody who will listen mm. just gets barraged with what you're dealing with. Mm, <laughs> and so mm, I think mm. Kate just got yeah. barraged with my ongoing curiosity about that Darwin is a very different Australia to mm. – to well, look, it, I, I would include in that broom and cans, like any in the anywhere in the extreme north of Australia yeah. is a very different yeah. Australia. Um, and so, my Australian identity is a different one to the mm. one that then I saw when I moved to Melbourne to study. And so, she thought that I should apply for. Yum Lab, uh, and I did. Yeah, right. And um, I applied on the back of the maps idea that I was that I presented, whereby yeah. if I place my um, hometown where I grew up as the centre of cultural influence geographically, and then draw a circle around it that is say four or five hours plane flight, which is how far it takes to get to Sydney and Melbourne, then <laughs> four or five hours in all directions includes a whole bunch of other countries yeah. who are just as um, just as uh, represented in Darwin. Mm. And I th so yeah. that's kind of mm -hmm. where I was at when I applied. Um, and then Water Futures was just because I was part of the part of a thing called Time Place Space that Arts House uh, runs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, so I did the very first time play place. Whoa. I said not very first, but the first nomadic one. When was that? 2014. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I, we did New South Wales and that was like, that was a bit bigger. Like that was when they had funding between. With Tom's Lee Space Wilson? And was he on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he and, came as a facilitator. And did you guys eat roadkill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had like a series of dinners and one of it was a found food dinner. So. <laughs> Uh, Tessa's at all um, kind of yeah the found food thing so all of us had to go and find food towards that dinner and um, some people traded like um, like Megan and Coke traded hours at a at a fruit and veggie shop for a whole box of fruit and veggies and then Latai and Benji traded like dancing at the bakery and they got all, but then they actually they were told don't no, don't dance it's okay we'll just give you the leftovers anyway they danced anyway um yeah like that sort of stuff some people found like yeah from lemon trees on the street and whatnot and then Lee Wilson and Michael went out and got Roadkill, yes. <laughs> it was actually really yummy. They stewed it. Well, we stewed it for quite long, and um, 
yeah, it was quite an experience. It was good. What did you take away from time, place, space? Because I'm still trying to work out what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, it does take a while to process. Um, so you did the most recent one, yeah? Uh, no, the one before that at the end okay. of – Yeah, the one before – so the most recent one I think was downscaled, but the yeah. one before that still had like 30 people and – Ah, uh, yes, but in Victoria. Yeah, in yeah. Victoria. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so I think it takes a while to process it for sure, but um, – of that experience itself, it was interesting. Like I, I, um, I struggled a lot with the yeah, just how many people there was, um, and and how like also quickly it became very school camp kind of vibe. Like in terms of, um, um, yeah, just energy and like chatter, and just people didn't stop talking, and 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 I struggled with the like people really just wanted to do things all the time like and so like even for the open space I kind of went how about not making and um so I ran a session where like only one person joined me but it was like let's just not do anything for this time like just so much is happening uh and um yeah yeah so I struggle a bit with that in that in that sense like because for me also residencies are a lot about dreaming about like just kind of sitting with things and and um, being restful in, in the mind as well as in the body, and and I think also we were camping. I I, I I've heard about your year and just like the winds at Natamak and everything, but like you know for me also we were we were camping the first five days. We were camping at this beautiful national park and. Um, and for me, like, you know, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, there's a, as a, it, it's actually for a city kid, like, it's actually incredibly, um, what's the word? A lot of stimulation because you're feeling the dry air, you're feeling the, 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 the um, <clears throat> you're walking on like sand and, and, and rocks and things like that. There's a lot of textural, visceral kind of stimulation that I found, well, not like, not like stressful, but it was something I was constantly processing all the time. And so I just actually really, really crave quiet. And, and it's really bizarre then when people would create silent walks to do a silent walk, but then like not like, but then talk nonstop the rest of the, the day um, while you're in this beautiful place. It feels a bit like the, the guys who bring their camper vans with the big TVs and whatnot, you know, um, yeah, so so there's that as that's aspect that that aspect of it. So I, by the end of it, I was like really happy to be alone, <laughs> <laughs> which which was great because I did I did actually end up um, because like the the guys that were interstate had one night in Sydney before their flights the next day, and so I ended up somehow scoring the apartment on my own, and I just ran a bath, and everybody went out for supper or something like that. And I was just like fuck this, I'm gonna run a bath and. And I did. <laughs> I just like was so happy to scrub off that that two weeks of like just yeah and just be alone. But out of that came really great relationships with a handful of people. Uh, and so like you know, Latai is one of them. Connie and this, she's a visual artist in Sydney, and Ria, um, 
are people that are really have become my who I relate to as peers in, in community and um, and so that's been really special and I think then the spillover from there is like you know going to things like Water Features and before that Spring Lab and just being part of those conversations and that's been really exciting and I think you know those few experiences have been sort of the the, the, the process of processing what happened at Time and Space for me so I think in terms of my investigations really shifting and I think my investigations were already shifting just before that. It's just that that kind of really, really kind of was the junction. And so, but I didn't realize that then. Um, and so, yeah, like I think out of that, I was really, really from there, really, really questioning um, just like the way we work. Like it's just bullshit, this whole sector, this whole in, like, you know, which I've consciously decided not to say industry anymore it's like we're, we're actually really not experimental and not creative and not innovative mm-hmm. in so many ways you know in the way we um, engage the sector and the way we approach the way we make our work and in terms of infrastructure and resources and even the idea of what being an artist is like you know the bullshit idea around being a professional artist in, in an urban space especially it's like well the, you, you're a tradesman you know when you when you focus on earning a living from your art entirely and that becomes consuming then you're being a tradesman um and it's harsh and a lot of people don't really want to hear that I think um but yeah so, so it's really kind of really, 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 really shifted. Uh, the whole experience really kick-started a process of me defining for myself what my practice is and what I want it to be and how I would like to go about doing that. Yeah. And um, you know that's what I'm going to ask you about now. Yeah. Is what is your practice? Mm. <laughs> like if, um, if we've come full circle about like... Mm the time, place, space was a a breaking down or a disintegration of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it. So I I think my practice will shift. But as of now, uh, I I find that I am a, um, um, how should I put it? Like I I cook and we eat. (laughs) I host. You know, I, 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 so I guess I am a host and in that hosting, I am a connector. I'm a facilitator. Um, I like joining the dots. Um, and so I can be a dramaturg, you know, and I think that's, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, if we break it down to practice, then it's what you do. Uh, and what you do doesn't mean it has to be like titles like I am a theater dramaturg or I am a director or I'm a, you know, like, but. What I do is, yes, I facilitate, I host, I connect, I, um, yeah, I, I can write, you know, I, I, I um, yeah. So, so I, I look at those things more like that's the driving kind of, okay, that's my practice. And then where it can engage is then, yeah, in, in the theatre kind of context, I, would, I, I, I see myself as a collaborator and a dramaturg. Um, I am a solo maker as well when I'm driving my own ideas, but um, but then my, my, my performance works are, are mostly about that creating that space where people are hosted, 
and and there is food involved and we have conversations and stories are exchanged um yeah so that's that to me is what it is when it was interesting that you were saying all the things that you do do and then when you got to writing you said that you can do it and i wonder if there's other things that you can do but you don't do so much or you don't identify as um yeah i guess i can write i say that but because i think also it sits in a few different places so like you know in my day job kind of place spaces i i do work in kind of communications and branding and marketing so like writing exists in those spaces and they're just as a creative process as it is about writing like stories and then writing you know, poetry or writing or whatever. And, and I'm not like great at some of them because they are crafts that you can get better in and you need to train in, which I accept in and I think should be, uh, you know, just cause everybody can be a writer doesn't make you one, um, in, in that sense. Um, so, so I say I can be because I know I haven't exactly entirely invested time and energy into honing it as much as I have with my facilitation or hosting, you know. Um, If there are other things, I suppose if you think about things that you have been trained in, um, so like, you know, I still think I can perform in, um, like I I would never, never ever say I can act and I don't want to, Um, but like I could, um, I could be a, I could work, I could, I could, be a performer on stage in a more devised work way. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a path I want to keep pursuing, but it's something I have training in. And, um, but also exactly like I haven't stuck with that training in the same way. So that doesn't make me very strong in that way, which, you know, is not of interest to me at the moment. So yeah, so there are, I guess there are things like that that I can do. Um, I can, you know, I can, I can work at a cafe. <laughs> and, you know, there, 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 there are a lot of things well. you functionally yeah. can do, yeah. Or but I think like, if you're asking from a creative... No, I mean, also, I think about all the things that I can do. My dad runs a truck business, and so I can wash a truck. I have been given the skills. Mm. I am trained and capable, and yet I'm turning my back on those skills in the same way that I'm turning my back on skills that I learned at dance university so that I can focus on other skills that I learned at dance university. Um, So I think a lot of the choices that we make are what to say no to. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. Can you tell me what it feels like when you're being the connector, when you're connecting the dots? Like what is it that you know already the connections that there are or is it that you feel uh, uh, like an interest or a spark or a possibility or do you see the ideas flirting and then you're like oh mm. with a bit of help I could match make these um I think it's 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 one and the same I suppose I mean you I go I, I think I definitely go through life you know, with the people I meet as well as 
<clears throat> the projects I'm involved in or, or you know, just, just across, like whether it's personal or in the kind of workspaces, uh, I go through with that that constant kind of like spark, wait, looking for those sparks, right? And, and, but then and, and the more people you meet, then the more you retain. So, so I'm not very good. I'm not a very detailed person. Like, you know, I, I will read a piece of text and I'll grasp the gist of it. And like, so I'm not, I don't have an eye for detail in that way. Um, although people, some people have said, they think I do, and I don't. <laughs> but you've convinced <laughs> I, them, so you just got to let them believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I, yeah, I grasp big picture stuff quickly, and then my interest kind of sits there, you know. Um, but 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 so like when I meet new people, like I think I do, I do pick them up quite quickly, and I do pick up, you know, through our conversations, things that they're about or things that they're interested in, and and so in a lot of ways, like. I, I, I think I intrinsically have that interest and that, that, that sensibility and that sensitivity. And then, and then it is also then remembering these things at the right times. And so, you know, that, that, that spark comes and you go, oh, shit, like that's a connection. Or, or like, you know, then you meet somebody and go, hang on, I just had this, you know, yeah, I just met this person and actually that person would be right. And just things like that. But I think it, it's sort of, both things always happening at the same time. Um, can, can you um, tell me, in the same way that you said, just because everybody can write doesn't mean that everybody can or should be a writer. Um, mm. I I feel very much this uh, about listening, that mm. people somehow have the idea that if, people are talking then there is a conversation going on but that is not <laughs> the case a lot of the time no. and so can you tell can you talk to me a bit about what how like break down the act the skill base and the actions and the mindfulness that is required when you listen when you are doing the thing like i would do if i could i would do a head spin that is a move and i know how to do the moves and yeah what starts and begins and is the middle and what I need to be aware of for safety. How do you do the thing that we call listening? Um, you know, I, I wish I could articulate. <laughs> um, and, but, but I think we, we were talking about this the other day when mm. we met in Brisbane is that, you know, when you asked me about facilitation as well, like it is something I am in the process of attempting to articulate because um, like what we started with today about talking about how some things are intrinsically your language. Mm. Um, I find listening so far has been one of those things for me. And, and But I've been really wanting to unpack that because I also want to acknowledge that I, I am dedicating time and energy to constantly practicing it and honing it. Um, yeah, like, like you would doing... A head spin, you know, um, yeah. But but just that the repetition may not be in the same structure. Like okay, you've got twenty minutes to do it five times or something. Like, it's not not quite that structured, but it is still a practice. <coughs> and but I guess um, yeah. How do you break down mindfulness? how do you break down presence yeah i wonder um if if 
what happens in large groups, say time, place, space, the reason that it can be exhausting for some and, and in enlivening for others is that the act of deep listening takes energy mm. and some of us are at a default of never deep listening, just listening with the ability to respond in a way that keeps everything polite and uh, not weird yeah. and awkward. But some of us are listening with deep intent for connection building and for memory and for reconsideration of how we approach the world and our mental model of everything and everyone. And that kind of listening, that level of listening is exhausting and there are when and that is not taken into account for people who don't listen that way and they just keep talking yeah you just described my role yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize that difference and then it's not even yeah yeah i'm totally with you i think a lot of people talk to talk um there was a, a TV show that I saw on the channel Vice, I think, the other day, because I'm staying at a friend's place, because that is the, the gig of um, not being paid <laughs> when yes. you're doing things. Um, and they flicked over to this channel, and the whole setup was that there would be people who were at some kind of uh, tropical retreat, and the first time they met, they would be naked. Oh, right. And, uh, it and was... they think that's vulnerable, but it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? I, it's, it's, yeah. The interesting thing for me was how instantly everybody resorted to talking and continuing to talk mm. as a way to try and make this thing not weird or awkward or something. Whereas I hope that I, in that situation, would have the awareness or the self-comfortability to say, okay, well, we're both standing here naked on a beach and that's not maybe the best environment for small talk, but maybe it's the best situation for a swim without talking. And so let's do this thing that fits the situation that we're in, which is what you were talking about, about being in a place where there is silence and there is stimuli and how to do how to how to let yourself be affected by the place enough so that you adapt your way of being yeah mm. yes yes and so so and i think that was what was really funny like for me just really kind of i was really trying to compute that like i thought the whole point was to come out and be um, be responsive to to the outside space, outside of the institution, and to see how that changes how we work. Um, and 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 yet, yeah, we we had by the time we were, we got there, like, and we were two days in, like, we haven't stopped. <laughs> hmm. You you know, like from the point of travel to setting up your tents and all the necessary functional things. But yeah, we just haven't stopped, and and like I said, you know, it's 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 great. But why do we need to structure, say, a silent walk or like, uh, yeah? And I I thought that was strange. Yeah. And where whereas 
actually how do you sit there and listen to the place and let then let the place affect you and go, hang on, okay, that's not going to work. So while there were really interesting experiments that did happen and whatnot, it was still incredibly like, you know, brought into that place from things we already came with, you know. And so I, I find that, um, yeah, I guess, you know, that would have been great <laughs> 10 days in, maybe. What? What? It- yeah. But 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 coming back to like unpacking certain things, I, I think um, like I can't break down say a, that process of deep listening, like say in, in right here in like the five minutes, for example, of us talking. I can't break that down for you, but I do think that there are ways to train as you would as a performer, and and there are certain things like so. I I found I found deeply liberating like um, being a life model. Um, and, and sitting in that place for like, you know, a whole like two hours in various, you know, there, there are breaks to your poses and things like that. But that stillness and that silence and the vulnerability of being uh, undressed and being looked at and being gazed at and being drawn and whatnot. Like, but, but in that time, um, yeah, that, that, you know, that's definitely for me, I, I decided to do that as a way of, as a as a method of training, like <laughs> apart from earning a bit of money now and then or whatnot, but I was really interested in exploring the body, and I thought I was exploring the body in terms of like being naked and being, um, and also as a physical thing. That was a way my way of revisiting like physical theater in some form, um, and I I did all that thinking I was doing all that, but then out of that, I've actually really appreciated how, how it's really train like added to the training of being really sensitive to space and listening to what is happening at that time and yeah does that make sense absolutely i i now i wonder how you how you listen to space and how you listen to yourself within different spaces in a way that doesn't um, slow you down or doesn't make you self-doubt, but how you just become sensitive while still being safe. Mm. Well, I think if I can fall asleep in a place, it's usually <laughs> the ans- one of the, the signs. <laughs> yeah. How I get to there, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's a hard one to answer because I feel like also I bring with myself a certain assuredness about an idea of who I am. So that Where does helps. that come from? Because um, that's what, like there are whole industries built on the fact that people <laughs> do not have that. Yeah, as a well, general rule. most of the capitalist world, isn't it, is a mm. bit, you need to have more of these and more of that. This will make you feel better about yourself. Um where does that come from? Um, I don't want to be cliche, but I think my my growing up, my parents, like, they're, and not, not in a, and I think precisely because it was not overtly, they did not try to create that in me. Yeah, they did not try to nurture that. They just left me in a rather... Um, 
Yeah, well, I have told some of these stories in a previous work of mine. And I think that really a lot of the way my mum raised me was to really make me really, really accountable for myself. Um, and there are little things, but things like, so, uh, for example, like when I was nine years old, from when I was nine, my mum would um, always give me a sip of whatever she was drinking. And and from the time I was nine, like, so every party, every, you know, family function. And then with, with that sip, she would say, um, never leave your drink unattended. And and so I never understood that, obviously, at that time, but she just, and I would ask her and she would say, you know, you, you just, you understand, you'll you figure it out, just remember, don't leave your drink unattended. And, and, um, and of course, then when I was 16 and, and clubbing underage, um, and I knew I was underage and I knew I was being sneaky and I don't know if she knew I was doing this, but holding my drink, I just knew not to leave it unattended. And, and, um, I guess and subsequently and like it didn't really click, but until I was legal and kind of over the party and just realizing, wow, yeah, there was this sense of, okay. Yeah. And then like, also, I was already taking public transport on my own from like nine years old, eight, eight nine years old, like primary three. And, and also, um, like from primary four onwards, I, I was free to gallivant like after school. And, and, um, but I had to come home by six o'clock, um, which was big when she got home. And it's just things like that where like she just left that trust factor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she never checked on me, but as long as I was home by six o'clock, mm. um, and she would let me go out also and stuff like like you know there'd be late night kind of street markets and carnivals and whatnot, and I I'll be allowed to go even on weeknights or weekends, but then like she always asked like okay hey, what time are you coming home, and I would say a certain time, and then of course I, I, if I don't come back at that time she. You know, her her retort was, "But you said you were coming back at this time." So so, yeah. And then also, then if I'm like, "Oh," but if I and then if I think I'm doing the responsible thing by calling her to say, "Mom, I'm going to be late," and then she would say, "Why didn't you leave earlier?" You know. So she <laughs> she never kind of <laughs> so so she. I think from from that point, like I really think those things build up to the sense of like, okay, shit, like, I. I just, I, I decide, I had autonomy. I told her how, what time I came back, I would come back. And of course, you know, as, as a kid, then you got cheekier. You think, all right, last week, last week I came back late at eight. And, you know, this week she's not letting me go. And next week I'm like, well, I'm going to be cheeky and say nine. But of course you still be late because you're a kid and you're an asshole. And, and then it's, it's 9.30 and then you're back late again and you disappointed her. But not because I'm back late, but because I said nine. And I didn't stick to it. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I feel like that's really affected, shaped me in terms of like, well, I am responsible for myself. And I, I but also that I have the, I have the capacity and the ability to make those calls. Yeah. There's something about um, giving the people in your life the uh, space to really let you down. Mm. And then leaving mm. it up to them whether they do that or not. Totally, but like, but I think it's, I, I don't know. Well, there's, there's, I think that that view. But the flip side, is I had agency. 
Yes. She gave me a lot of agency. Yeah. And and I determined who I was going to be about it. I, I could be the jerk and keep letting her down or I could keep my word. Yeah. And I had the agency and... And I, I felt the consequences of the things that I did then because I was the one that said that. Mm. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's, those are small things, but I feel like those things really, really shaped subsequently. Like, so even quitting junior college was something I came home and I said I was making that decision. I had agency to make that decision. They discussed it after that, but I had already made my decision. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> And then subsequently choosing to be an artist and all of that stuff just kind of came from there. And 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 I, it, 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 when I got married and my speech, like I, one of my lines was that, like I thank them for always um, letting us, giving us the strength to be who we we are. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanna. Um, I'm interested in getting a few so like we talked about what you do and then we talked about like okay you you are a host or you are um a connector of ideas or a dramaturg but then like the next level of what you do Um, you just you just broke wait 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 you just um broke like you're breaking up a bit just then can you repeat yourself absolutely the the what question the what you do question and then what yeah is what you do doing? So, like, if what you do is host or dramaturg or make performances or be an artist or whatever, then the next level of what that is doing is that it is forming connections, mm. ultimately. But I wonder what does it do to form connections? What is that doing? Or what do you hope that that is doing? <laughs> Um, like, are you asking, like, so what's the purpose of doing this? <laughs> I think I'm asking, what is your biggest hope from all of your efforts? Um, I think very much like you, Matt, that I, for me, it is about wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to be in this, well, without a sense of wonder and curiosity, and and um, then it's kind of a bit, bit shit, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I think like the things that excite me when connections are made is that you know there is another person to be curious about and in awe and to exchange the things that you're curious about and in awe of, you know. And and when a good match happens, it's so exciting because you see them just go off, right? Mm. And like in terms of ideas and, and nothing really needs to come out of that apart from the fact that you got excited again. And mm. I think that's kind of it. <laughs> that's really nice, actually. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, just to spark that moment of like, you know, like, yeah, you should really meet that person and then you meet and then and then you go, oh, my God, great. You know, and, and I think it's also one of those things that because they don't happen straight away, 
like those dots don't always happen straight away and and um people forget that you were the ones that connected them or the idea or whatever um but it is incredibly fulfilling to witness yeah but also even in a small contained space then like you know when like I just came out of a development last week and and um and you know it was a little in jest but we were kind of all describing ourselves and I said oh you know like I like I like being the the quiet one and then saying this thing right at the end that that's really measured and obviously considered and it just like punches through the room <laughs> and um and of course and and that's something I know now from observing myself in hindsight yeah. and that's happened a few times but so we were saying that kind of quite early on in the development I don't know how we got to that topic but that that came up and then of course through the, the time through the development like you know we were talking about huge topics and it was a really early stage development so we're still really like sitting around really talking about really huge ideas about the economy and debt and global relationships and blah 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 and and so obviously that happened a few times and like you know just before lunch or like just before we decided we should call it a day and just but that relief in that room when that happens when somebody else has pieced together all these things that was just kind of been meandering and and in this like whoa kind of way and then somebody can piece that it's such a relief in the room. And I feel so relieved being able to do that for myself. But I feel so much joy watching everybody go, oh, yeah. And then feel really fulfilled and walk out of the room for the day. Like, yeah. So I think, you know, it's that. It's that joy of going, right. And then that clarity of going, okay, tomorrow we'll come back from here. And that's a really nice place to be. And that's a really great thing to observe and witness in in the space between people mm. yeah i would i would like to be much better at doing that um and i think i wonder if sometimes it is my agenda that gets in the way that a conversation can be resolved or summed up or connected in many many different ways and it can be continued in many many different ways and so Sometimes I'm waiting or hoping or looking or forcing, like shoehorning to try and, however gently, get everybody to arrive where I would like us all to arrive. Um, I think I, so at, at say, like a, at a general example, it would be that there's a camaraderie that comes with complaining about things and somebody will complain and the other person in the conversation will sympathize and then complain back about something else or about the same thing. Um, And in what is like socially, technically an arsehole move, I would try to disrupt the complaint (laughs) because... I, while I see that there is a benefit in the venting, I also see a greater long-term harm in the stories that we perpetuate and the default mind frames that we become practiced at falling into by default. Yeah. Um, For sure. And I'm with you. And I think perhaps 
the the um, I think the maturity is in like choosing also because it takes up so much energy and and it is really exhausting because mm-hmm. so it is really choosing which conversations you participate in <laughs> 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 and which ones yeah like I just think um because I I, I yeah I, I feel you and I think you know whenever I'm in those spaces as well and I think I've learned to just walk away mm. um but having said that, it's not about then only having conversations that then you know where it's going to go and it's great. Like, you know, the ones that it's going to go a certain, a certain way, like that's not interesting at all. And I think exactly what you've just said, like you can't force those connections. Like you can't, you, you kind of have to equally be in a place of curiosity in order to find the dots. Mm, that's nice. Because yeah. I think, you know, like I, I think that joy comes from that those aha moments because you didn't expect the dots to join yourself yeah actually that was what was ultimately terrifying for the many months where I was pursuing my partner who the person who is now my partner is that I um felt like I had gotten I feel like I am good at understanding what is the natural progression of a conversation and I think most of us are, and that's why we say what is that what it is now time to say, so that the other person will say what it is now their turn to say, and we'll continue yeah. like this. And I just never knew when I offered something. I never knew how um, this person that I was courting that became my partner, they just weren't playing by the rules. Mm. And it was exhilarating. mm <laughs> And I think that's the same idea with, you know, that listening, that act of listening. It's yeah. sort of kind of that as well, which is what's exhausting about it because you can't anticipate it. Or yeah. if you do, you might, along the way, you might start to go, I, I get a sense now, I get a sense now. And, yeah. and then sometimes some people take longer to express that and you're already like two steps ahead. <laughs> but, you know, but. And, but you still can't assume around. that is how it's going to go. It's true. I definitely am indebted to all the people in my past and future who are going to be two steps ahead of me but are patient enough to let me catch up. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not, I say that and I'm not exactly always great at that. Ask, ask my partner. <laughs> like, you know, when, when, then, when then it's between us, it's just like it's hard. Like, but um, I wonder... Uh, so sometimes my the things that I would usually try to not listen to or to smooth over so that we can move on to the conversation that I then want to have instead, uh, like to deal with um, people in my family who I who will continue to be in my life and who I love but who are from or raised in a different time or living in a different environment and their racism or sexism is uh, is wrapped up in some kind of complaint or joke that I'm being asked to come on board with and become complicit in so that it may be mm. perpetuated. And I'm noticing that my response most of the time is actually to 
disengage and hurry it along, like trying to skip the ads. Um, yeah. But sometimes in my better moments, it is to listen deeply to what I think is... Mm, I don't know if if I think this, but I think maybe what I'm doing is to listen deeply enough so that I can ask them about the thing that they want to tell me that they're not telling me or the thing that they want to say that they're not saying yeah. or or just to disrupt that that thought pattern enough so that it becomes less uh, less solid than other thought patterns, other conversational patterns. Sure, but yeah, and I think, you know, in personal relationships like that, the act of listening and the act of facilitating, like I think it's, like I, I, I still come back to pick your battles and <laughs> yeah. pick your outcomes. Yeah. You know, like so you've got to ask yourself, okay, in this space, and it's the same, I, I suppose it is the same, it's just trickier in personal spaces, is in this in this conversation, do is it really that important for me that we all agree? Yeah. You know, or that we all yeah. have the same values or it doesn't mean that then you, you you know you're more than allowed to feel disappointed when then you realize that you don't share the same values or things like that that on a personal level yes but in terms of you know like is it really important to prove you're right or that this person is saying something racist and and also like how does that how um does does that actually help that person not be racist? <laughs> well, you know? I wonder if so, um, what it is about is is li- listening in the ultimate sense in any medium um, is ultimately about trying to facilitate an, a, another or an alternative or uh, uh, propose a different thought pattern or a different way of engaging each other. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... <laughs> So, in a lot of ways, like, so you have to shift your, then your marker of like what, what you're going to feel good about, what you're going to feel successful about. So like, if in this case, you know, in a case like that is actually, is it actually more important to just actually, let's just stop this conversation right here. Let's talk about something else because we don't need to engage in that that yeah. discussion, you know, because this is Christmas and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's um, always Christmas. But, but you get what I mean. Like, I just think there is also a – and, and not, I'm not saying this in a – I know a lot of people will disagree with me. And I think, you know, the call-out culture as well as that whole – like, I, I respect that and I, I, I struggle with that as well. Like, yes, I want to do the right thing. But also, yeah, you don't as like like I've been given agency to discover who I am. Mm. So does the other person have agency to be on their trajectory? And I can bring it to their attention, but I cannot expect them to like be changed because I brought it to their attention. Mm. And so back to then that sense of time, it is not that conversation that's going to really shift yes yeah. or you know that conversation might begin to shift 
things for that person, but in the kind of the dramaturgy of life, yeah, it might be a while, and that's also okay. Like, yeah, we didn't learn all our lessons straight away, you know. That's true. So, so I think. But yeah, I, I think wonder about agency. If, 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 yes, there are moments where the clouds open up and light shines down upon us and in those moments we have agency and if the rest of the time we're actually just running on default reactionary scripts that we have inherited Mm. and if that if somebody should be given the agency to perpetuate those scripts simply because they failed to consider them or if those scripts can be as gently and considerately as possible be somehow, mm, I don't know, undermined. Mm. <laughs> like even the idea of let's get together for coffee, that because I never started drinking coffee and I actually would prefer to be outside than in a cafe, then mm. I have had to invent for myself some counter offers but I know that most people would just, because the thing that's actually happening is let's spend some time in the same place at the same time. And yeah. then all the other things are actually just the default um, multiple choice questionnaire kind of options where people are not, again, reconsidering the place that they're in with the people that they're there and at what part of life that they're at to make the offer of what they're going to do together to spend that time together. Yeah. Well, it's like the example of, all right, let's put two people naked on the beach together and then we just talk. It's the same thing. I really, I really want to spend time with you, but I'm going to say, let's go to a cafe because that's like the shill. That's like the, the, the not so vulnerable way of saying, I want to spend time with you. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, but, but then. I guess, you know, like, let's go have coffee has got a, you know, looking at social spaces and whatnot. There is a construct around that. There is a non um, decorum that we're both then agreeing to. Yeah. So that, There's you know, so there are, there are elements to. like that. Yeah, it's true. You know, which, which helps because it, it makes it easier to know what we're saying yes to. <laughs> uh, mm. but, but, you know, equally it's like, you know, how, how do we be so vulnerable and to be honest to say, hey, I really want to spend some time with you. Like, let's go sit in a park somewhere because I'm also a bit broke and I don't really drink coffee. <laughs> yes, you I've know? had to do that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, you know, just how does that become a more commonplace thing to say than people saying let's yeah. have coffee? And, um, yeah. Yeah, like I really like people coming over to where I live um, because it means you don't have to rush and you can sit there. There's the bathroom. You don't have to buy another drink. It's okay, you know. Like, you, yeah, but then um, – and I think that's also got to do with, I guess – and I don't know if, if that, that may be more familiar in Darwin as well. There's something about the weather in Singapore maybe, but like the kind of evenings where you just really meander. like. Yeah. My friends used to hang out at my house a lot and and it didn't matter what we were doing. Like we can sit around on the couch and chit chat and then find something to eat and keep talking and watch a bit of T V together and then just you know, like 
we would drop in and do that sort of stuff. Whereas I found being an adult in Australia and everybody was, you know, oh, let me pencil that in like a dinner party or um, it was very hard to, even though I always put the, the, the kind of invitation out there of like, yeah, come over for dinner anytime. Like, it's like, no, 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 I don't mean that like a dinner party kind of let's book it in and um, you need to bring dessert. Like, no, 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 just like give me a ring. Like if you're, you know, like today, if you're, if you're alone, especially and you're tired and, you know, kind of need a bit of company, just call and see what I'm up to and I'm already cooking dinner. So come, come over, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. But it's very hard to explain that like concisely and go, no, no, this is what I'm about. Just do it. Um, <laughs> But think, yeah, it's um, that, that same thing. Like so, then it gets phrased in, "Let's have dinner sometime," mm. and then, then you got this follow up, like, "Oh, are you free next week?" And then like, "Oh no, no, I'm not free on Wednesday night, but free Thursday." Oh, <laughs> anyway, then yeah, but then it becomes bigger and more structured and more expensive than it needs to be when actually. So often, I'm really trying to work out at the moment. So. Next week, uh, in two weeks, I will give some kind of lecture, but I will try and make it a discussion um, mm. about mm, the the thing is I have to talk about something that I am not asked to talk about, that I am not seen as some kind of authority or professional on. And so I've chosen um, this idea of false dichotomies this uh, yeah. to to talk about, and I'm trying to work out that like um, most of the time when I'm thinking about something, I'm, I'm working really hard to separate, the, to separate the thing, but I want a better word than thing, from the aesthetics of the thing or what that thing looks like for it to then become the thing mm-hmm. um, in, in the same so way. So like the example of like I want to spend time with you versus let's have coffee. Yes. Is that, is yes. that an example? Because quite often, um, so my dad and I, since 2010, have rebu- been rebuilding an old uh, Mustang, a 1968 oh. model Mustang. and Since 2010? Yeah. That's because you're hardly at home, right? <laughs> well, also because I have a lot to learn um, yeah. in my – because I wrapped up that kind of knowledge with the kind of mindset that the people I knew who had that knowledge – kind of existed within and so I rejected it all in mm. my late teens and now I'm coming back to the knowledge knowing that I don't that it does not it is not married to the mindset that I want to not take on um but yes also it is because I'm not at home as much mm. as I want to be but that project is very much let's spend time together let's call each other so that we can so that we are calling each other and everything else about it is a facilitation of that mm. and so I'm trying to work out how what is the thing like how to name the, the thing I don't want to name it like the core or the need or the desire or the actuality because I don't want to give it a hierarchy that the aesthetics is any less important because I also think with something like um, time, place, space that is another one of these artists' uh, lab environments where all that the organisers can really do is facilitate the aesthetics of what will 
hopefully lead to people having deep connection and close experience yeah. and breakthroughs and shit. But actually, they can't do any of that. They can just build the aesthetics that yeah. may lead to that. Um, so I wonder what the thing is, and I wonder if you can help me come up with a word for what the thing is oh. it is separated from how we structure it so that that thing can happen or the defaults that we have around it. Like this podcast very much is operating on a lot of desires and the podcast is not really the thing. One of the things is conversation no. and one of the things is my practice to ask better questions and and like stamina for listening. Um, but at the same time, oh. by by putting it in the format and structure of a podcast, it gets to exist as a time capsule and as an archive. And people will give me an hour or two of uninterrupted time because it is being recorded. And if it wasn't being recorded, then it would be interrupted time or it would be time that is somehow less self-aware in the discussion like I even read this thing once that if if that you should take a notepad to your GP or your specialist or whatever and write down what they say because the act of them seeing you writing down what they say makes them more aware <laughs> that what they say is going to be acted upon. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need the notes, but it's like what the thing – yeah, anyway. I'm trying That's to, a very interesting example because my GP writes things down for me. Great. That's nice. Yeah. Well, but I wonder what is the mm. thing? Like, is it is it desire or is it connection? Like, or is it a, is it um, agenda or is it agency? Because those things are all so less tangible. Yeah, and but I guess it's just tricky because they can be all those things. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's activity that you can separate well, the activity from the aesthetics. No, yeah, maybe you can't. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think they they're still at the end of their activity and their actions. Um, they're, they're still actions, and you're just putting aesthetics, just putting structures to those actions, right? Well, or the look of it, like. Uh, so the the thing that I've been thinking about with this discourse that I hope to have in a couple of weeks about false dichotomies is that actually a lot of four wheel drive enthusiasts really love nature and they love being out in nature and that is what drives them to be four-wheel drive enthusiasts um but just because they don't have the aesthetics of uh ragged clothes or hiking boots or dreadlocks that doesn't mean that they love nature in any less of an actual way than hippies or mountain hikers no but that's assuming they do spend time in nature as well like I suppose. I guess so, yeah. Because a lot of four-wheel drive drivers in the city. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, so I guess then that needs to be another break where four-wheel drive is the name of a type of vehicle, but a four-wheel drive enthusiast is not an enthusiast of a vehicle. They're an enthusiast of an activity. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose also, you know, like four-wheel drive enthusiasts in Darwin versus four-wheel drive enthusiasts <laughs> in Melbourne. They're really quite different things, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if if you can find the word to encompass all of that because I think yeah, it is sometimes agenda, it is sometimes desire, it is sometimes 
activity. They sometimes, um, I want to say process, but then I guess process has, for me, also connotations of structure, So, which I associate more with like what you're describing as aesthetic. So, um, but I think, yeah, like it, for me, the way I'm understanding what you're saying is that aesthetics house the thing that you're talking about and you're trying to name the thing. And I think in your case, the thing is often desire or activity. Um, except the word, words like desire are very um, highly loaded and associated mm-hmm. with, mm. you know, um, a lot of other worlds. Mm, well, I think, you know, there, yeah, desire just exists in so many other places in a way that's not often well understood. Um, and, and it's lost, it's, 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 um, it's one of those words also that's lost its ability to be vulnerable with, you know, like, it's like we can't talk about our desires anymore because it's like, mm, um, it, it means something else <laughs> yeah. now, you know, you're either like really Christian or really like, um, yeah, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, Does that put a distance between us and our awareness of our own desires if we can't talk about it? Oh, Does that for mean sure. we even become less aware of ourselves? I well, I think so, mm. but but I I think that's which I think why like you know I think the the kind of evangelical Christian world has really grown exponentially because of words like that. Like you know they brought that into back into language into like you know desiring. God and design spirituality, like they brought that back and it's healthy to talk about that in that context now. But then, you know, and I say this because I, I guess I grew up with a lot of friends around me who were like that and that language was there, you know, and, and I saw that. But then they would never talk about their desires in like, a, what is my, my own, like things I really, the desires I really, 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 really own. <laughs> um, but, but I guess that, yeah, that common language has shifted, like desire yeah, it's a weird one today. You, even though, even though I really like the word, I yeah. think that you know, I I do. I really really like the word, and and my I I think about that with myself a lot. Like that pursuing that that sense of joy and wonder, and it is my heart's desire. <laughs> yeah. Do you know your your own desires? Mm, I I like to believe so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I think for the most part, I feel quite content with my life in that way, and so I, uh, I take that as a like, yeah, my heart's desires are most often than not met. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, whether I can name each and every one of them, or you know, in a collective way, I don't, I don't know, but. Um, I, yeah. I, I wonder what you're taught when you were referring to um, our shared language. I wonder if you could, uh, I, I don't know, tell me about what that is or how mm. we have it or how exi- it, it exists or how to be aware of it or how to introduce new things to it. Mm. I feel like it is lacking I think introducing new things, I, I think that's a bit out of my reach. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know if, you know, like maybe I am attempting to do it sometimes, but 
how successful that is, I don't know, because I don't know how influential I am. <laughs> uh, but um, but I think, yeah, we definitely constantly exist in shared language in that way. Like, so, for example, um, like you said, you know, like people come together and then they start get like bitching or being angry about <laughs> something. You know? and, and I think in the arts, we see that quite a bit. Like, so then the shared language is, oh, funding again. Oh, brand is like, you know, they've become they very quickly become adopted into the shared language. And it's in, in, I guess what I mean by that is like when you say that, I know what you mean by that. And when I say that, you know what I mean by that. And and it's not just what the word actually means in definition, yeah. but that we know there's an association of things that come with it that we understand, yeah. you know. And so, and, and between you and me, we I, I feel like, yep, yeah, listening has become a word I think we both share. I think we both have a sense of what that you know, the, the, the entirety of that, that act of listening we're talking about, we're on that same page. And we, we, I feel like from now on we will know when we see somebody who's not really listening in that way, we both know, oh, yeah, that's a, you know, that's the example. And, and that shared language in that kind of way, I suppose. So, but I think, yeah, like I, I am interested in disrupting some of those things when it's not great. Like, so I've consciously, like I said, I've consciously not want to describe the arts as an industry anymore so I've kind of tried not to use that word 